Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Attorneys Are Human 2. We have a true pleasure today. We are joined by our good friend, Terry Rizzo, who is the chairwoman of the Florida Democratic Party, as well as the chairwoman of the Palm Beach County Democratic Party. I am your host, Steve Wallace. We're joined by our co-host, Selena Music, and we are both of the Wallace Law Group. Okay, let's get right into it. So, Terry, could you give us a little background on how you first got into politics? Sure. And thank you, Steve and Selena, for having me on today. It's really a pleasure to join you and the entire audience on this. My background is typical to, to many people's background. I got in it as a volunteer. I was always an active and passionate citizen uh, of my entire adult life, but I had a career. I, I was married and had, had a family. We traveled, uh, we moved around a great deal with my husband's job. Um, and when we were living in, a, so I never got involved in politics on the participatory level, on a volunteer level, until we were living in Brussels, Belgium in 1998 to 2002. And, and I, we were over Democrats abroad, if you will, watching the entire Clinton impeachment and most importantly, the, the election of 2000 via CNN International and, and working there. I got involved initially with Democrats abroad there for a, a bit and vowed when I got back to the United States that I was going to get involved and do my part to make a difference. At the time, we thought we'd go back to California, which is where we had gone to Brussels from. But we ended up in Palm Beach County, the scene of the butterfly ballot crime. And <laughs> I, if you will, I jumped in. And in 2004, when the John Kerry campaign came into town, volunteered as an, an office volunteer at the Kerry office. And that was the beginning. I then uh, became a precinct committee woman for my precinct in Boca Raton. Uh, and I then, think I uh, met you during the uh, gubernatorial campaign in 2006. And I think that's about right, because that's when I got really involved with the DE. And we were heavily involved with that election in 2006. And then 2008, I ran to become uh, the vice chair of the Palm Beach County Democratic Party, ultimately became the chair in 2012, ultimately then went on to become the chair of chairs for all of Florida, of all the county chairs in the state of Florida, and a DNC delegate. And then when there was an opening for a special election for the state party chair, I became the chair of the Florida Democratic Party in December of 2017. So that is how I got to be the chair of the Florida Democratic Party. So I started off like a volunteer. We are so happy to have you. And it's definitely a great story to see somebody that's willing to put the work in gets to go to the top of the mountain. And that's, there are so many people like me. There are many people who started off as volunteers and worked their way up in various you know, capacities. And it's, and that's, those are, that's the grassroots. That's the basis of the party are the people who are on the ground volunteering. Around the state of Florida, volunteering, we now have at least over 30,000 documented volunteers through wow. the van and many more. There are people that aren't in the van, but we have over 30,000 volunteers who are volunteering through the party and through the campaign. So, so if you could tell wow. us what exactly are your duties as the chairwoman of the Florida Democratic Party? <laughs> and then I, I know each day is not the same, but if you could give us a day in the life of Terry Rizzo, chairwoman of the Florida Democratic Party. Anything and everything it is to get out the vote. And that's exactly because overall, the Florida Democratic Party, as the arm of the Democratic National uh, you know, Committee, we're, the, our state, we, we're responsible for getting building the infrastructure and getting out the vote in, you know, in coordination now with the campaign. So we are involved in working with our 60 county parties. There are a few very small counties that don't have uh, DECs, but, but the vast majority mm-hmm. do. Um, working with the infrastructure to, to build the programs that will help us win. That includes voter registration, voter 
vote by mail in particular, and I really want to talk about that in just a minute, vote by mail, because that is going to be a really key part of our winning voter protection. The Florida Democratic Party was the first state party in the country to build a voter protection program, which now is has enfolded into the Biden campaign and is the most massive voter protection program ever seen in any state in the country. And working with people all across the state. So a typical day in my day would, would involve multiple telephone calls to, to various people checking in, finding out what's going on, problem solving, because there are always problems and issues around the state, and hearing from people, raising money and, and to build the program that we've built in the state of Florida over the past two years has taken a substantial amount of money. So uh, I do lots of call time every day, reaching out to, to donors and to average people to help support the party in our various efforts. And people are responding for that. It's up at uh, basically 6, 630 every morning and finishing up 9.30 or 10 at night at then, and then it's time for email. So that's, you know, lots, wow. lots of you're, you're lucky to just take a little bit of your time during this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the kind of thing we do too, is speaking with people like you and, and uh, hearing from you and, and hearing the issues that people want to know about. Terry, have things changed because of the pandemic on how you guys are functioning? Yeah. Yes, Selena, that's a, that's a very good question. The answer is yes. We obviously were, we as the party structure, if you will, and even in the county parties, a lot of our work was out of, of offices and, and in the various counties and, and the state party. With the pandemic, we had to, everything became um, uh, virtual, if you will. So every, all meetings had to go to virtual. Contact with the voters became virtual by telephone, by texting, through various social media platforms and in lots of phone banking and so on. So there was a, a substantial, and in fact, a huge pivot in terms of how we did business. And just recently now starting to come back to a limited, and this wasn't just here, this was national too, from coming down from the national and also through the through the Biden campaign as well. So uh, all of that work shifted to become much more virtual and much more online. And for example, I'm sitting here in my home right now. I'm in my dining room office. I'm not in, in an office office. I'm in, just like everybody else where we're typically working out of our homes or in reaching out to, to people across the, across the state this way. But yeah, so we made a, there was a big change. People are, are getting back now with, Again, because Democrats believe in science and believe in following safe procedures and policies, beginning to do a, a certain amount of work, again, observing social distancing, wearing masks and doing all the things that we're supposed to do, but doing some on the ground campaigning now. So. Excellent. Great. So you mentioned vote by mail, and I, and I proudly will say that I drove to the uh, supervisor elections on Congress in Delray Beach, and I took my vote by mail ballot and I deposited outside into the box and... I have officially voted. And I am proud of you for that. That is fantastic. And you are one of, and I'm going to tell you here. With my mask. Very, oh, that, that is absolutely right. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. That, that's so true. Yeah, that is great. And me too. I will say I, I, I voted. So my husband and I voted. So there are four of us who have voted now out of 2,145,584 Democrats who have requested vote by mail ballots for this, this session. Excellent. Is this that side. the state of Florida or the county? No, that's the state of Florida. I can tell you the county in, in, in Palm Beach County in a minute, but that's the entire state of Florida. That is more than a million more vote by mail requests than in the 2018 election on election day. Wow. So already more than a million vote by mail requests. And Selena, to your question, this is one way how we pivoted to getting out the vote, to working to get out the vote and build our the electorate we need through vote by mail, because it makes it easy for people to vote. It makes it convenient for people to vote. People have a choice, you know, and to, voting by mail makes it easy. That, just so to put that in perspective, that is a margin on the Republicans statewide now of 782,577 vote by mail requests, a margin on the Republicans. That is All right? fantastic. This time in 2018, 
we actually had a lead in vote by mail requests, but the Republicans outvoted us in vote by mail mm. by about 40,000 in 2018, okay? So we so, would have to follow, so, so I'm sure that there's a program in place once something, once a ballot's requested, then you have your telephone team follow up with those voters to make sure that ballot goes to the supervisor elections or goes by mail. And that's exactly, and let me tell you, Palm Beach County out of 400 and uh, 443,000 Democrats, 867, exactly. That's how many we have registered Democrats in Palm Beach County, which is about 43% of the total electorate in Palm Beach County. Out of that, we have Democrats requesting vote by mails, 232,902. So Selena's just south of us in Broward County, which is another yeah. Democratic stronghold. So in actual fact, Broward County, Selena, is the most blue county in the state. Palm Beach County is the largest geographical county. We have the third number of Democrats in, in the state. Broward has the second most number of Democrats after Miami-Dade, but it is the bluest county. You outnumber the Republicans in, by greater numbers in Broward. So Broward is a real stronghold. And, and your vote by mail numbers are huge, too. Steve, back to Palm Beach County, just to let you know the, the return so far. Mm -hmm. Democrats have returned 87,459,000 ballots in, in Palm Beach County to the Republicans, 23,000, whoops, 28,429. So we, wow. 87,000 to 28,000. And that's 37% of all Palm Beach County Democrats have already voted by mail. So, so. That is amazing. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Terry, so, I, I have a question. This is the first time I've actually voted by mail and mm -hmm. obviously it's due to the pandemic. And not that I'm actually sick, but I, I'm concerned for others. I figured the less interaction with people Probably the better, considering I know that the majority of the people that are going to probably go vote physically are going to be a little bit older. So I just, I wanted to lean on the side of caution, but there is a lot of concern about because of all the speculation and all the media and all the talk, is it safe to vote my mail? Is my mm. vote going to be counted? I am so glad you brought that up. That is so good yes, because that is a deliberate Republican ploy to depress the vote. It, it is a false and a completely false uh, uh, attack on the integrity of vote by mail uh, for a number of reasons. And because we, first of all, Florida has been voting by mail since 2002. You all know that this is not a new system in the state of Florida. And we, you all know that, and I also want to re remind people, how did you get your ballot. It was in the mail. You got sure. your ballot through the mail. And yep. it, it, you got it within days of it being uh, sent to you, did you not? In Palm Beach County, for example, they were mailed on the, they dropped on the 24th and they, and they were received within two or three days. People got them within two or three days of receiving them. Some people got them, got them the very next day in terms of them. Uh, some of the other states were a little later, a couple, uh, excuse me, counties, uh, Miami-Dade and uh, Orange, for example, their ballots didn't drop till the first. So they're, they're, votes are just now coming in. But so we all got our ballots through the mail. The returning it through the mail is a very effective, most, but the idea is get them in early. If there's going to be any little delay, you want to make sure you get it in immediately. Most counties have a slate card on their website. We do. Palm Beach County has a slate, our slate card on our website. Um, and all most of the counties do. So go and look and see who, who you should be voting for. And of course, it's no secret, vote Democrats straight up and down the ballot. But if, if you're, you don't know who some of them are, you can find that out on your website. Uh, but get the ballot in early. If, if for any reason that you are concerned about the mail, which I mean, I, I, you would prefer to drop your ballots off, every early voting site 
throughout the entire state will have locked drop boxes at the, at every early voting site yep. during the hours of operation. I did. I, I went today and before early voting and I just dropped yeah. it off. They, had, they were somebody yeah. sitting outside and you didn't have to go into the building. Yeah, so, and, mm -hmm. and I know in the past, and at least in Palm Beach County, we've always had a pretty high number of vote by mail. We yeah. tell people just vote in your pajamas. You don't even have yeah. to go there, you know? Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and it's, it's very convenient. It's easy. But it just facilitates it. And for anybody who has health concerns, Selena, this is a, a way to uh, to get your vote in and not have to worry about it. I will also add that it, it also fights against voter intimidation and, and by you know turning your doing a vote by mail. Nobody can intimidate you at the polls. What, if there were to be any efforts at voter intimidation at the polls or attempts to suppress the vote, they can't do that through vote by mail because your vote your vote's in the mail. Now, question always comes in. Let's address, first of all, getting it in early, making sure it counts. So either mail it in early, drop it off at the at the supervisor of elections office during office hours or during early voting, during early voting hours at lock drop boxes, either of those are say, or you can actually, if you again, show up at the polls and vote live. And that will be addressed also because in turn, wear your mask uh, and make sure that, that you observe all precautions, but voting will take place, observing social distancing and wearing masks. So all of this, we want everybody to make a plan, whatever is good for you, make that plan or at your precinct on election day. The only place you cannot turn a vote by mail ballot, and I want to make sure everybody knows this, the only place you can't turn a voted vote by mail is at your precinct on election day. They won't take them. In which case you could vote live, you know. All right. You just so have to turn your you just have to turn your ballot into whoever's at the poll. You hand them the ballot, right? You could. You don't even have to do that. Okay. It's recommended that you take your vote by mail ballot in with you and uh, exchange it, basically, mm -hmm. and then vote live. But even if you don't have it, some people might be missing on their dining room table somewhere or whatever. Even if you don't have it, it might just take a little longer because they'll have to verify you haven't voted yet when you check in. That shouldn't prevent anybody from voting live. But remember, everybody's ballot must be received, and this is a huge important point, must be received by 7 o'clock p.m. on election night in Florida. Florida is, is one of the states that we, we requires that votes be in by 7 o'clock p.m. and that shuts it off. So even so ballots must arrive before that. And so we aren't like California or Ohio or some of the other Pennsylvania or some of the other states where the ballots will continue to be coming in and counted after election night. That won't happen here. All right. Okay. The only ones that, that will come in are the military overseas ballots because they're allowed up to 10 days afterwards. Okay. But other than that, and a few ballots that may need to be cured for signature matches or something like there's mm -hmm. a 48 hour window for that. But except for those very few ballots, all ballots will be in and counted. And that is why I say we are the one state showstopper. If we run up a massive margin and have a huge bank of ballots, a bank of vote by mails in, plus people coming into early vote and at the polls, we'll know on election night. And if we run up the score and win outright on election night, it's over. Donald Trump's gone. We stop him because he cannot win without Florida. And so all across the state, for people who are listening across the state, vote whatever way that's come for you. Make your plan. Either get your vote by mail ballot in, however that's comfortable for you, or early vote or vote at the polls, but vote because we, we, we want to make sure that Democrats come out in massive numbers across the state. And we are seeing this. We're seeing the enthusiasm is just tremendous in terms of getting those ballots in. Uh, other keys to vote by mail, and I'm sorry if I'm going on and on no, about this. No, no, no. Okay. People know this and it's so okay. easy. Just right. put it in the mailbox. <laughs> exactly. But before you put it in the mailbox, what do you got to do? You got to sign it. 
Yep. Right? Yes. You're going to sign the back of the ballot. So first of all, fill it out, vote Democrat up and down the ballot, because we have lots of candidates running besides Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So make sure you vote up and down the ballot. That's, and then put it in your envelopes, in, in the envelope, sign it. Okay, and dated, obviously. And we also recommend that you put your email on the back of the ballot in the box where it says that, because if there is a problem for any reason, say you forgot your signature, the supervisor elections will contact you. They can do that now. So they can call and you can call you in and have you or have you send in an affidavit that this is you and you're, yep. this is your signing and you can, that is called curing the ballot. So that can yep. be done ahead of time. That's so perfect. Um, if I can revisit back to the primary, in in, mm-hmm. in July in uh, in August of, of eighteen of, of sorry August eighteenth of this that year that was the first time that I I voted by mail was the and primary. and and everything was and everything went well and, and on election day or actually the, I think it was yeah at the election night I looked on the supervisor's website and they said I voted yep. And, that, and, that, oh, and that's right. exactly right. And you and a massive number of Democrats around the state did that. There was record number of Democratic turnout in large part because of vote by mail. And in fact, Democrats beat Republicans. And we had the highest turnout since 1992 in, in large part because of vote by mail and, and won a lot of seats around the state because of the, on the strength of vote by mail turnout and, and it, which showed the strength of, of that. But the, there, now there were more than 2.2 million vote by mails cast in the primary. Out of that, approximately 35,000 ballots total were not counted. So it's a minuscule number in the grand scheme of things, if you think of it. But it's 35,000 ballots too many. The number one reason was arrival after election day. Oh. Okay, so that's the number one reason. That accounted for a little bit more than half of them. Okay, a little bit more than half. So, so what would you project, like, time frame? Five, like five to seven days. Before. Seven days before. Make seven sure that you, you vote, vote, get it in the mail seven days before, which is, I think that I have to go back to the 27th. I think it's the 27th. I didn't put it in the mail by the 25th, just to be sure, or turn it in at early voting or at the supervised elections, hand, hand drop it in, hand, hand walk it in, but make sure, you know, get it in early, allow plenty of time in the mail. So the number one reason in the primary was getting in late. All right. The number two reason was lack of signature. People didn't sign it. Okay. Again, if you get it in early enough, the supervisor of elections will call you, you know, and tell you, they'll tell you, send in your affidavit with your signature on it. You can cure your ballot. And they are notifying them now. There is a two day window past election day for that to take place now. That was changed by in law after the 2018 election. So voters have two days in, after, after the election to make sure their ballot secured. But if you get notified early, get it in there and do it now. And also want to stress again, just to reiterate in vote by mail, Florida starts counting, the canvassing boards start meeting as early as 22 days in advance of the election and start counting the ballots across the state. All right. So that the, the ballots are, they're opened. The, the canvassing boards are meeting. They're verifying the signatures, everything. And they go into the machines and they're counted. All right. But the results, of course, are not released until election night. So they're in there. That is why we are able to report out. And if and you all know this, at the close of polls, which will be eight o'clock East Coast time because we have the panhandle, which is in central time because uh, they are there an hour later. We've got two time zones in Florida. And so eight o'clock on East Coast time, roughly 8.02 or something about the, around then, boom, up will go these massive numbers. And there will not be a precinct reporting, all right? Because no precinct reporting because uh, that's the vote by mail numbers. And then the early vote numbers will go up and then grad- the precincts will start reporting in. So that's the process. So they're, 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 we're used to vote by mail in Florida. The process is pretty smooth. And, we, and people, as long as people get their ballots in early, sign them, get them in, make sure they're there by election night, uh, then uh, uh, it, things should go very well. So. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so just shifting gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's half about half of the Democrats in the state of Florida are about signed up. 47% now mm-hmm. are signed up to vote by mail. B- believe it or not, some, uh, we have a lot of listeners that are still on the fence on who to vote for president, believe it or not. And so can you give us the case why Joe Biden should be our next president of the United States? I, as the Democratic chair and as a strong Democrat, I am, you know, I am surprised <laughs> that anybody is on the, on the fence, given what has happened uh, in the past four years. But in particular, I think we've seen, especially with the handling of the coronavirus pandemic and uh, many other things throughout this administration, the incompetence of, of President Donald Trump. He failed us, his complete failure of leadership on the pandemic. And uh, he knew early on, he knew in March that this was going to be serious and downplayed the results, has still refused to this day almost to flagrantly, you know, uh, violated the mask wearing policy even after having gotten coronavirus himself. The importance of safety precautions and health precautions for everybody, testing processes. And it's not just that, it's going after any number of programs that that, that benefit the, the people of the United States. The Affordable Care Act is one thing. As we speak, even as we speak right now, in the middle of a pandemic, Donald Trump and his administration uh, have a case before the Supreme Court as to declare the the Affordable Care Act uh, unconstitutional, get rid of it altogether, which would in case, in fact, as you well know, um, uh, affect millions and millions of Floridians and many more millions across the country in terms of keeping safeguards for people with pre-existing conditions, for allowing uh, children under 26 to be part of their parents' plans, for uh, issue after issue in the middle of a pandemic. And that's one of the reasons they're attempting to rush through the Supreme Court nominee, because they would, they would like to have her in unconfirmed so that she can vote, be there to help vote and, and shoot down the Affordable Care Act. But that's, again, only part of it. Um, uh, Donald Trump and his administration have gone after everything and dismantled environmental protection issues. For people who are concerned with the environment, which is a huge issue here in Florida, as well as around the country, uh, they've dismantled numbers of the environmental protection uh, protections that we have in the United States. And on issue, uh, virtually issue after issue. Joe Biden will be the better president. He has a plan to for the economy to build back better. And the complete plan is up on his website that would benefit not just the wealthy and the uh, particularly the corporate interests, but also but the average working working family, the working class people of the United States who have been so drastically affected by particularly the pandemic, but the economy in general. I like Joe Biden because he went to my law school. There you go. That's it. And you know what? And also he is, he's a a caring individual. He's caring and compassionate. He listens to people. He has been through, he has suffered himself as he's lost family members himself. And he is just, he's, that's his persona. He is a caring persona and he cares about people and then he cares about the the people of the United States. He also will um, have a cabinet that would be probably un- without precedent in terms of qualification of the people that he will bring in um, to help run this administration and bring America back following the, the severe crises that we've had in the past two years. Yeah. I just compare everybody when I'm trying to persuade my friends and family and enemies to vote for Joe Biden. You yeah. just look at him and you compare the two and he's just a good person. And then yeah. really yeah. what it boils down to is yeah. He's a good, caring, loving person, and yeah. I, I feel comfortable with him at the helm. Yeah. He's, a fa- he's a family man who's endured loss, so he knows what that feels like. Yeah, That's the reality for everyone that's lost a family member to COVID-19. Who else would understand that but someone else that lost someone? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. He also, I mean, on issue after issue, Americans with Disabilities is another classic example. I think you may know that one in four of every Americans in the United States has some kind of a disability, whether it's visible, such as being blind or, or hearing impaired, which people can see, or invisible. There are many uh, disabilities that people have that are not visible. Mental illness, there are uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, you can't tell, but somebody has an existing condition with diabetes, so has some kind of a disability. People with disabilities, one in four Americans are affected. Joe Biden cares and, and has a plan for to include people with disabilities and uh, address these issues uh, versus Donald Trump, who makes fun of people with disabilities and, and has in the past. And we've seen this on issue after issue, the veterans, military and, and veterans. You've seen how Donald Trump called uh, veterans suckers and losers and and claims to have done a great deal for veterans, but in actual fact, not. And my husband, who is a Vietnam Purple Heart veteran and people uh, who, and, and I'm a Navy grad. So we have, we come from a strong military tradition and there are many Democrats who are military veterans and in the military now, but particularly the veterans who, who know what the Trump administration has not done for veterans, even though they claim they have. Uh, whereas Joe Biden does and is, and there are so many veterans who are now uh, in support of, of Joe Biden and and the Democrats in, 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 because they know that where the real support for debt for veterans lies. Okay. I uh, just shifting gears a, a little yeah. bit. What is your favorite political story or political event in history? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a tough questions on attorneys are human too. Okay. Uh, the thing that, that, I, that I will always stand out to me was this, this shows I was only three years old at the time, but the debate between uh, John Kennedy and Richard Nixon, Back in, the, that was the very firm, and some of you will have seen this on uh, on, on TV if, if you weren't around to experience it live. I was a young a girl at the time, but that was the first really live, live televised debate, and it was a, a critical changing t- turning point in U.S. history. Um, and John Kennedy was very inspirational uh, to a whole generation of people. So that is something that stands out. The other thing is that, of course, was the uh, the 1968 convention and the riots and the social justice issues that, that were coming out in, in the late 60s. And that stands out as well. But there are many. It's hard to, you know, to keep on going. Barack Obama being elected in 2008, you know, as the first African-American and, and transforming our country, digging us out of a huge hole, the worst before now economic crisis since the since the Great Depression and how, how Barack Obama and Joe Biden then went to work and, and began to dig us out of that economic hole. So there's so many, Steve, it's hard to, it's hard to, to say. Well, I just want to say, I think, <laughs> thanks actually to you, I actually got to meet Barack Obama when he was campaigning in 2008 uh, when at the, at the temple at Boca Raton. So I was, right. and I, I had a chance to meet President Obama and it was yeah. a cool experience and I do thank you for that. because Oh, were, and wasn't he just such an inspirational person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We also, we've had, we've had a bunch of elected officials on the show previously. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that we always ask them and is what advice would you have for somebody that's looking to break into politics? Mm -hmm. Two things. First of all, jump in and get involved. Uh, And I think volunteering is a great way to do that. And so get involved on the ground, on the grassroots level and and the ground floor. The other thing is talk to people, ask around and speak with people who are involved. Identify some folks who are leaders, some elected officials or people who are activists themselves and get advice. Really start speaking to people. That's, that's what I did when I got involved. I, first of all, I jumped in and and became involved on the, as a grassroots volunteer, and then began to network and speak with people. Who, who we identified as leaders. So that's what I would suggest people. And also follow your passion, do what you like to do. And Excellent. Uh, let, me, uh, let me add, and, and just to go back to the politics, what do you think the Democrats, because there is so much racial tension in this country right now and racial disparity as well, 
what are some of the plans to alleviate what is going on? Because it, this is almost becoming a nation divided. And I was born and raised in New York. And some people say you were in a bubble. And now it's in your face. And I'm wondering, what are our politicians going to do about this? How are we going to fix this? I think that Joe Biden does have a plan and already has a, a plan for moving forward as, and incorporating many, everybody really in this. And it's going to take all of us, you know, working together. I think hearing each other out and talk, speaking in a, in a civil way to each other. But I think, as I said, Joe Biden as the leader would be the, the effective leader to do that. He will not exacerbate the crisis. He will not promote division and hate and he will work it out. And But there are social justice issues, long, long-term social justice issues that have been simmering for years and forever, actually. And, and we need to address those going forward. This whole issue related to uh, the, the murders of Breonna Taylor and the, all of the George Floyd and others, these must be addressed. Now, uh, the, as Joe Biden has said, he is not for defunding the police. That and nobody is, I don't believe. Yeah, and that's going to be blown up because yeah. we need strong police and we are in support of, of our police force. Correct. They're heroes. And, 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 uh, but there are everywhere situations. And, and uh, Val Dennings, Congresswoman Val Dennings, who is the chief of police in, in Orlando, speaks to this issue very well, that you have to address issues where they are and root out problems and come up with uh, solutions and programs that address these and move forward. So I think we all need to work toward this and promote civility and, and you know conversation amongst each other while addressing these issues and bring everybody to the table. Recognize that there are issues. I think sweeping things under the rug doesn't, doesn't work and recognize issues and, and work forward. Yeah. I like that you say that. Yeah, let's address everything. <laughs> and and we need to be inclusive of everybody. The, the Democratic Party, as we always fondly say, we are the party of the big tent. That means a lot of people with different interests and, and agendas and people who need to be included and have their voices heard, and especially now. Okay, great. So one of the things that we've talked about on the show and also I've talked about with you and with others that are involved in politics is developing a bench. And so one of the things, so is there any one, one, ele- one elected official or, or multiple election officials that you envision are, is the future of the Florida Democratic Party? That's a, that's a, I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> you know, no, so let me address that. First of all, I'm going to go back because that is one of the things that, that the, the party as a whole, even nationwide, has had an issue with probably for the past eight to 10 years is the, is the fall off on the bench. And, is, and in particular in Florida as well as nationwide. So the FDP actually, uh, starting in last year in 2018, began after the election and going into 19, began to work to develop programmings to help build the bench trainings, uh, you know, around the state through what we call our MVP program, our Municipal Victory Program, and uh, down-ballot candidate program. So it's trainings that became, uh, that went out to people interested in running for office, identifying them through networking with local elected officials who are already there, getting people trained and ready to run, and also campaign workers. Now, fast forward to now. Now, where we have more than 400 candidates running throughout the state of Florida for various for various offices. So in partnership with the, with the FTP, with some of our caucuses, like the Democratic Environmental Caucus, with uh, Ruth's List, with uh, working with the House and Senate Victory, and a whole combination of uh, you know, our, our partners in various unions, clubs and caucuses, we have candidates running for 31, uh, 20, 21 out of the 21 state Senate seats. So all 21 state Senate seats across the state, including deep red areas, all right, including deep red areas and 119 of 120 state house seats, including candidates in deep red areas and also running for Congress. 
and also running for constitutional officers in counties, supervisors of elections, sheriffs, tax collectors, property appraisers. So the constitutional officers that affect everyday life in the counties, county commission seats and school boards. So across the state, we have over 400 candidates running what we call our sunshine slate throughout the state. And that includes here in Palm Beach County and Broward. We have whopping candidate numbers of candidates here in Palm Beach County who are running and we want all of them elected. This is our bench. And so these people are, are being elected now to make a huge difference in the state of Florida uh, on every level. Um, and they will be our bench going forward to 2022. Immediately after, in, in my, as we've already talked about this, the plan is we don't just want to have an election and then stop, crash and burn, and then have to pick up again next year and go forward. The whole idea is to, you land the plane, you don't crash the plane, you land it and you immediately get ready and take off. So the short game, the short term is winning this election and getting people elected to all of those, to the seats up and down the ballot, but immediately getting ready for 2022, because that's going to be right around the corner. We have the gubernatorial, we have all four cabinet officers up, not just the governor, but all four. And we have, of course, a a U.S. Senate seat coming up, Marco Rubio's up in 2022. So we're going to be going for that one. So in answer to your question, I'm coming back around now, Steve, Mm -hmm. on that. In answer to your question, there are going to be multiple candidates who are coming forward and we've already (laughs) begun to hear from them. You've already heard from a number of them and and people are are, exhibiting interest in potentially running because they know what's coming up in 2022. But everybody right now is focused on this election now. This is the one we've got to win. Um, This is the most important election and without hyperbole, certainly of the modern era. It is believed that this is probably the most consequential election since the election of 1860. And and some people argue even going back to the very first one, after the very first one, because in, in terms of how the direction of our country will go, and there is no path for Donald Trump without Florida. He cannot win without Florida. So it's up to us to, to get that vote out, all those votes everywhere. Everybody listening across the state, we need your votes and we need you working. So. Okay, so Celine and I are going to ask you one more politics-related question, then we're going okay. to pop culture questions, and then I'll take you home uh, with the lightning round. So my last question, I, I have a four-year-old daughter, and will hopefully be future governor of the state of Florida or something along those lines. That's so, right. One of the things that I've seen over the last probably 10 to 15 years is the influx of female candidates yes. for elected office. So could you just enlighten us a little bit about that and, and just also provide advice to females that are looking to uh, run for elected office. Thank you. And I think that's great. And I think it's, it's absolutely terrific that your daughter is going to have her as her aspirations set to be governor or more. All right. Because, <laughs> because that right, Selena, because women, there is no ceiling anymore. Kamala Harris is showing uh, what a strong woman running for office is like. Hillary Clinton did yes. it in two th- you know, this, this is the year that I believe that is going to happen. Um, because there is no, first of all, in answer to your question, Steve, I think women bring collaboration to the table. I, women work with each other and often don't get into, to, uh, grudge matches, if you will, with, with, or what might be called pissing contests. I'm sorry for using that term, but in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, with, with, and they bring collaborative efforts and, and working together. And we see on a national level on down, what has happened with Democrats, with, with women in politics, women, women voters vote in more massive numbers than do. You know, and and I think that the involvement of women in politics on every level, from volunteer up to Speaker of the House, and now Kamala Harris running for Vice President, and the women who will be in the cabinet, is very significant. And they bring a difference to the table that that helps the process forward. Thank you. 
Okay. And so to your daughter, uh, girls growing up now are, will have the benefit and women who have come before standing on the shoulders of those women suffragettes who hundred years ago, uh, got the vote for the women and then, and then uh, were standing on the shoulders of people like Geraldine Ferraro and the people who were in uh, Shirley Chisholm who ran for office early. And then for uh, Hillary Clinton, who ran for, for president last time and Kamala Harris now. So standing on all these shoulders, she will be able to build and there, the future is bright for her. Yeah. Plus women have more patience. There you go. (laughs) I think so. Putting up with everything. What advice would you give anyone in the younger generation that says, well, I don't know if my vote's really going to count. I just want to get that out there. Because I hear that. I hear people say, "Uh, I I don't, it's not even a matter of, I don't know what candidate is a matter of, I don't know if my vote really matters. Okay. I, I would like to point out the election of Senator Bill Nelson in 2018. He lost by 10,033 votes. Mm. All right. So out, out, out of 13 million votes cast. I'm still upset about that one. <laughs> I know. I know exactly right. Now that you got to remember out of 13 million votes cast. So, so to lose by 10,033 votes out of those, you know, that number of votes cast. So if one or two more people in every precinct would have voted. That's a generalization because it, it, it depended on where the distribution was, et cetera. And there were reasons where the, the Broward ballot design was an issue, you know, that where there were undervotes, et cetera. There were a number of reasons, but in answer to the question, does your vote count? Yes. There was an election one in Boynton Beach two years ago, three years ago, that was won by one vote. One vote, a Boynton Beach commissioner. That's where our office is. We are sitting. That, in the city. That's exactly right. One vote. And so does your vote count? Absolutely. Your vote counts. Every vote counts. And cumulatively, we have strength. Our voices are our strength. So your vote does matter. Each individual person's vote does matter. Um, and, and it matters a great deal. Can you imagine the difference between Senator Bill Nelson and Senator Rick Scott? That has massive implications in terms of in, in the Senate and all that the Senate has been doing. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, Selena, does that answer your question in terms of it? Does a vote it, count? It does. I hear just a lot of people around my age group saying, oh, it doesn't matter. My vote doesn't count. Or, and I'm like, you know, these elections are going to determine the path of our future right now. So I think it does. We don't all think the well, same. It, well, it will. If they are not pleased with the way things are going, or if they'd rather see some kind of change, the only way to do that is to vote, to express your opinion and vote for the people that are going to to, uh, bring policy forward the way you would like to see it. Now, it will not always be perfect, as we know. Nobody ever gets 100% of what they want or or sees what they want. But at the same time, we move forward in in either one way or the other way. And so the the group that you will, the people that you vote for will take it in the direction and work toward those programs and policies that you want to see. But you have to vote in order to, to make that happen. Sitting on the sidelines gives your vote to somebody else. It lets somebody else make those decisions for you. Uh, you don't get a voice when you don't vote. So that is why it is so critical that every person vote uh, and, and your voice does make a difference. And I'll go back to some of the, again to some of those elections where Senator Nelson lost by 10,033 votes in the state of Florida. And we ended up with Rick Scott. Yeah. Same thing we had with Andrew Gillen. We, it was 32,000 and a couple hundred. And we ended up with Ron DeSantis. 
You can't tell me there is not a big difference between a government run by Ron DeSantis and one that would have been run by Andrew Gillum, a Democratic governor, you know, in in terms of that. And also the difference between Senator Bill Nelson and Senator Rick Scott in terms of what they're voting for and on and the policies that they're promoting. So uh, if if people, more people need to vote, they needed to have voted then, even though we had record turnout in 2018, we didn't have quite enough, but we did get Nikki Freed. We got Commissioner Nikki Freed and record Democratic turnout. And that shows the difference of having a Democrat in office, uh, you know, and, and what having a, a statewide Democrat can do, having a leader of that nature. And, and our Democrats in the House and Senate are fighting every day in the state House and state Senate, and we need more of them and to flip the Senate and, the, and the, in the state House in order to implement Democratic policies. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're shifting That's- to what everybody's looking forward to, pop culture. Okay. So my first question for The fun you- part. We'll, we'll ask two questions each, and then we'll go to the lightning round. Okay. My okay. first question, and this is a popular question in our show, is what is your favorite song or songs of all time and why? Oh, gosh. Of all time? <laughs> era. You can give us any era. Any era. Okay. Oh my God. There are like probably 10. I love well, Don't Stop can... Me Now by Queen. I love, I love uh, As Time Goes By from Casablanca, which is going back to the forties. One of the favorite movies. Gosh, they're just, I can go on and on. They're multiple songs. Uh, I like everything. You know, so. Okay. I'm, I have a question. If you can ask any president in history, one question, who would it be? And what would you ask? Oh my goodness. We have Gary. Oh yeah. I'm t- my gosh, I can't, I don't know the answer to that because I, I was like 85 questions come into mind. Yeah. We could it could be current, we'll it could be future, yeah. Trying to think in history, I'm just trying to think about historically, I might actually go back to George Washington and ask him a question in terms of the, the founding of the nation, in terms of his vision for our country and what, what he envisioned for our country. Okay, yeah. that is great. Okay, my last pop culture question, it's a little biographical about Terry. One thing that a lot of people don't know about Terry is she's for many years has been involved in the fit, fitness industry. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about Ooh. that? And you have a fitness book and a video. So I do. It's a, a long time. Yes, that. indeed. I was in my real profession is this health and fitness. And I got involved many years ago when uh, adult fitness became, start, started to come into vogue. And so I became one of, one of the first aerobic uh, instructors and fitness instructors, uh, certified fitness instructors, and went on to have my own uh, organization in, in when we moved to Belgium and uh, and we established fitness uh, programs when we lived over there and then came back to, to the United States and went to Stanford uh, where I became uh, the program director at the Stanford Medical Center for health and fitness programs and uh, and that's where we had the book and we wrote the book called the Stanford Medical Center Wow start and we had a video at the time this is going back a number of years uh, and I've always been involved in training in uh, personal training and teaching exercise classes and uh, myself because it, uh, fitness is incredibly important for of course, for a healthy body and also a healthy mind, has stress release in terms of mental health as well. So I still do Pilates on a regular basis and strength training because it's important that everybody maintain fitness. But yes, you're absolutely right, Steve, is that I've been doing this for my whole adult life. Wow, that is so awesome to yeah. know. Thank you. Okay, so- my last question is, oh, I'm stuck between two. Uh-oh. No, I want to know what is your favorite show that you've been binging on? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it on the shows, if you've been binging on any shows or movie. 
during the I actually haven't lately. I haven't had time. Okay. So I have to say that we've, we've not been doing it lately because it's something I hate to, I hate to wuss out, but in actual fact, I, we have not been doing that. Then I'm going to sneak in my backup what's your question. Other one? Yep. My, my backup question is if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh, I like that. The, the ability to, to have everybody vote. Oh. Yes, that would be my, that, that would be, I would be to make people vote. Like, okay, <laughs> we're going to go to the lightning round. Very easy, this or that questions. Okay. First question, beach or mountains? Uh, mountains. Dog or cat? Oh, dogs. Burgers or tacos? You can't say both, right? You can. Okay. Winter or uh, summer? Hugging or kissing? Both. Okay. And last but not least, drum roll, please. Blue or red? Oh, what do you think? <laughs> is there any other color than blue? <laughs> I don't think there is. Okay. So just thank you so much for taking all the you know time on during this busy election season. Yeah. If you could just have one final message, how do we find the Florida Democratic Party? And what final closing argument do you have to get people out to vote and vote blue? Okay, the, the Florida Democratic Party is uh, floridadems.org. So www.florida, all written out, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, dems.org. In Palm Beach County, it's pbcdemocraticparty.org <clears throat> locally. Um, and so you'll find all kinds of ways to volunteer. We encourage everybody to volunteer. And I, I almost forgot to tell people, if you're interested in, in poll watching on election day, if you want to be involved in the legal effort, the poll watching effort, there are ways to volunteer. Go to the floridadems.org. And also making calls, phone bank, Every single thing you do from now to the election matters because this is the most important election of our lifetime. I will circle back around that in the modern era. This will determine the future of the direction of our country for years, decades and years to come. The Supreme Court is on the ballot. Healthcare is on the ballot. Literally, the environment is on the ballot. Women's rights, civil rights, voting rights, everything is on the ballot. So what you do matters. So we ask everybody to get involved. It's going to go through Florida if we stop him here. Donald Trump cannot be president and we will have Joe Biden and our Democratic slate. So I want to thank you very much for having me, uh, Steve and Selena uh, and, uh, and all the people around the state. Please uh, get involved. Please do whatever you can to make a difference. And let's get out and vote and let's go blue and let's go Joe and let's beat Donald Trump and win and save our country. Okay, this was great. And hopefully if we may impose upon you after we bring Joe Biden to the White House, we'd love to have you on for, for an election recap show. After, after you, you sleep for seven days straight. Yeah. <laughs> you, can have, you can have a mini vacation. Thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. And thank you for having me. And, and, uh, and keep up the great work. And, uh, and uh, let's go do this. Thank you for listening to this episode of Attorneys Are Human 2. Please subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast host. Please also leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to seeing you next time.